You know, many combat veterans and first responders struggle with post-traumatic stress, and we both have been there ourselves. However, our worst traumatic experiences were childhood and civilian lives. If you suffer from anxiety, depression, or emotional distress, you're not alone. And many of us are jammed up emotionally on some level, and all we want to do is set you free. Thank you for joining us on the Anxiety Guys podcast, where we are leading the emotional revolution. Join us and discover how you can feel the heal. Hello, everyone. This is Dan with Anxiety Guys with my best friend and business partner, Nick Davis. Uh, We're going to bring you an episode. Today is actually going to be one that's actually kind of impactful for me because it's a skill that I'm trying to develop and it's communication. Right. So for me, you know, I come up from a law enforcement perspective. I was a drill sergeant, NCO in the Army. So my communication styles were very direct. Do this, do that. And and that's all I really kind of stuck to the facts. Well, that's not the style that everybody else in the world adopts. And Nick is more of a master of communications. And he's done a lot to kind of open my eyes and clarify some of my habits. So, Nick, why don't you lead into a little bit about the different communication styles that people have and how it may affect relationships or friendships? Well, I think we should back up just a little bit there because you brought up your career. The reality is your communication style started in childhood, right? You have a sister, you you have family members that have some pretty heavy emotional stuff that they deal with. We'll say on the line of personality disorder, you had a dad who was a Navy vet who lost his son. So he was very closed off, very direct, very short. So you learned, you got the framework from that. What I mean by framework, folks, is Dan was on high alert a lot, right? I got the sister that's going to do something and then frame me for the crime at home. Oh, you know her. Yeah. Yeah. You've told me about her a few times and I feel bad for you because I dated her a few times. Well, maybe not her, but her relatives. Um, Point being is that it puts you into almost a defensive posture, right? You're always looking on what's everybody's emotions like. If I get asked a question, it means I'm probably in trouble or something's going to happen. So you, you take that defensive natured kid that's just trying to head things off at the pass. Then you put them into a career field where it's very rigid and structured, right? In the army or the military, we're both military vets. You don't have to ask, please. If you're the person of higher rank and something needs to get done, hey, go get this done. Do this, do this, do this. Okay, yes, sir. And they go do it. We all we all bleed green, right? That In the military, we're one family. That's how it operates. Shit rolls downhill. That's not the civilian world. So we're going to try to unpack this in a way that doesn't bounce all over the place for you guys. But the thing that I've... I've noticed and I've said to Dan a lot is I don't have issues communicating with people in my life. And it's not because it's only a couple of people that I communicate with, you know, I'm a financial planner by trade. So I work with a lot of different clients and personalities. Um, And it's very kind of easy to quickly identify who has a very um, unhealthy communication style. You know, my, my wife and I, we get along great. We communicate great. We've had our struggles, but it wasn't around communication. It was around more of internal emotional garbage and some trauma. But outside of that, the communication is pretty easy. So I, I think that um, the tough part, and we're, 
we're going to tee this up too for we're going to plug that episode that we're getting ready to do with our podcast in our new studio one that, that is going to talk deeper on some of Dan's emotional roller coaster irregularities i think now we're beyond that but w- what i can now do with Dan and that what, what i've been able to see is i can kind of coach him on hey you said this or i asked you that and this is how you responded because again he doesn't know uh, anything different than the way that he's been communicating. And if we don't have somebody that can, there's always somebody better than you at something. Can we agree with that? Sure. Right. Like whether it's like my wife can spell and grammar, like I get something I'm like, here, don't please make me look like less of an idiot. Math, numbers, business. I love that. Spelling, not my jam. Right. So that, that's one easy example. Um, you know, professionally, you could be really strong in my in the financial world when you're talking about complex situations, or maybe you're the best ever when it comes to talking about Medicaid, Medicare. Like everybody has a different strength and weakness. So when it comes to communication, you know, that is a strong suit of mine. And when Dan and I would communicate at times, I couldn't be as direct as I needed to be because he had emotions, a lot of emotional baggage that we were ripping out. Now that that's a lot of that is gone. Um, I'll use I'll, I'll use the last few weeks as an example. We've had a couple of times. Dan loves to make statements, so uh, I'll give you a, for example. Um, Dan, you want to go grab some food, and you know how how would you feel about grabbing some food? And then we go do this and this and this. He writes back via text. We could do that. Well, I know we could do that. I'm asking how you feel about it. Do you want to do it? Like I'm trying to articulate. I want to know where your head's at. Not that we can't do it. It's like you're telling me I have permission to do it, you know, or he would text me. um, I'm just going to go do this, 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 and this because in his head, he's thinking that he's trying to help solve a problem on something. But the reality is when he comes off of that statement that he's going to do something, let's say business related, that might take something off of my plate or Sarah's plate he thinks he's helping, but the reality is that statement is very much kind of in your face. It's a statement. I'm going to do this and this and this not, Hey, I'd like to take something off your plate. Would it be okay? What are you, what are your thoughts, Nick, on doing this, this, and this, that comes off very different than me telling, telling you telling me what you're going to do. Um, I'll pause there for a second. Does that kind of makes sense. I know it makes sense with you, Dan, because we've been talking about it, but you know, maybe if a couple are, you know, listening out there, whether they're business partners or spouses, this is starting to relate, right? You can have, you, you and I are really good friends, right? We've been through a lot of shit together. Yep. A lot, a lot, a lot. good, bad, and the ugly. I, I believe that you and I have both made each other, help make each other better men. I think we share, a, I know we share a deep faith in, in God that leads us. But even when you have that faith at times, you're learned behavioral patterns and communication styles, like that all goes out the window. That's kind of what, what you learn from the people around you growing up. So you can have a husband and wife, and we're working, I'm working with a couple of couples like this where they, you can tell they love each other. You can tell they want to be together. They've said they want to be together, but they're ready to rip each other's throats out. And when I'm objectively talking and listening to them, it's a communication pattern. So I've hit a little bit on statements. I want to pause there for a second, Dan. I want you to share a little bit on the way people like to perceive information, excuse me, perceive information, right? When we talk about the auditory and all that, but I don't want you to go through it quickly. I want, don't have to go super deep level, but on the high level, what are those different ways that people hear and retain information? And why is it important to kind of figure out 
what the person across from you, how they want to receive information. So go ahead and hit on those. And if I need to make sense of it, I'll break it down a little bit. So you have first one is going to be your auditory people who, who listen, who, and they'll use very specific language. Like, do you hear what I'm telling you? All right. And then they're, they're in that auditory spectrum. Then you have visual people and they're the ones that'll say, ah, I see what you mean. Right. And then you have the kinesthetics and those are your feelers. Do you feel what I'm trying to convey to you? Right. Do you feel the emotions? Problem with that is, and then you have the auditory digital, which is very complex. That's like your super engineer brain people. But if you're an auditory spouse and a visual spouse, and you're trying to talk to each other in your language styles, you're miscommunicating. Because if I'm saying, do you hear what I'm saying? You're like, no, I don't see what you mean. Right. You're not even on that same uh, communication spectrum. So if you can learn what your significant other or anybody, what their styles are, and you, all you got to do is listen, right? Listen to their language patterns and, and you'll, you'll hear the feelers. You'll hear, you'll, you'll hear the, the visual people. You'll hear the auditory people. You can make those determinations. And if you can learn to communicate within that specific style, I've yet to master, I'm working on it. It will make the communication a lot easier. So, and to your point of what you're saying, what I want to extrapolate on that a little bit, rather than try to just figure out theirs, ask your, the person, whether it's your business partner, your boss, your spouse, whoever it may be, right? Your kid, help me. I'd like to ask the question. Can, can you please help me deeper understand how it would be best for me to communicate with you? And what I mean by that is how would it be best for me to explain this to you? What, what do you need to understand or what, how do you need to hear this? And I'll give you an example. We have a, um, a guy that I worked with, that we worked with, great dude. He said, I watched him speak on a stage and he's like, look, I got to explain this to you guys. I'm a very visual person. So I got to get off the stage and I got to explain to you. So he's like, I feel like I'm in this dark hole and I'm down here and he's sitting on the ground and he's got his hands up in the air and he, you can see he's visualizing everything around him, almost like he's back in that movie. He's meeting up with us this week. He's text me, Nick, can you paint me the picture so I can see it of what is going to happen? So with him, if I were to just speak out words or text him, um, yeah, man, we're meeting you here and we're going to do some training and then we're all going to leave on Thursday. There's so much left out of that picture for him. So for him, it's more of a, all right, we're getting in at 10 p.m. We're going to be staying at a hotel. We're going to check in here we're going to chill out that evening, probably have a few drinks or, you know, some food in the morning after we have coffee and breakfast, we're going to go over here. We're going to meet with a group of people. We're going to do this training. It's going to be about nine hours. We're going to have a pretty nice setting, you know, maybe 15 to 20 people in a room. Like I'm painting the picture of what the room looks like, how breakfast is going to go. That might seem way over the top for some people. I don't need all that data, right? Or I don't need that much visual. He is a super visual person. So if he has a spouse who's auditory and is just telling him what's going to happen and not able to paint the picture, he's getting frustrated. He's not getting the information he needs, but it's on us. It's you're the one that is responsible to articulate to others what it is that you need. So for example, with Dan, I asked him the other day about training somebody. I said, how would you feel about training this person? 
He responded with two questions and a statement. And I wanted to poke him in the eye. I'm like, I just asked you, how do you, and and I didn't really feel a lot of emotion around this because we've had a lot of conversation and we're now at the point where I can educate him. Now, text message and email are probably Dan's kryptonite. When you're not a great communicator anyhow, and then you take out all physicality and you take out all the auditory out of it, you've got to be pretty crafty, right? That's why we add in emojis and exclamation points and question marks. And the more you can do that, the more you can add in it. But still, it's just written words, text or email. That's why any communication that is of importance or value should be done over the phone or in person. I'm going to repeat that. Any communication between you and somebody you care about that is important or valuable should be done via over a call like on Zoom, on a phone call, or in person. Full stop. If you don't do that, you are setting yourself and your relationship up for failure because you put words on a page, the other person might take it that you're screaming at them. They're going to read the words. They have no idea if you're giggling, if you're laughing. 90% of language is physicality. So if 90% is your physicality, you're only getting 10% from the other stuff. So really how much communication is happening via text message or email? So with that, what I just shared about Dan in particular, when I texted him that, how would you feel about this? And he comes back with, well, blah, 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 question. Well, blah, 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 question. And then statement. There was no inclusiveness there. There was no, hey, you are, number one, you care enough about me to answer my question on how you would feel about it because I'm coming at you from a place of concern. Like it's our business. Do we want to train this person or not? But I want to know how you feel about it before I even let the person know. And rather than you let me know how you feel, you give me the facts or the statements that I'm already well aware of. Like I know those statements, those statements that you sent to me or the, the questions that you sent to me. We can talk about those, but let me know how you feel first. Then let's discuss your concern. And then let's come up with a solution to the problem, right? One way is much more effective in communicating the other. But if I don't say that to Dan and we, I just sweep it under the rug, he's going to keep communicating like that. I know him. What about the people that don't know him? Right. And then he communicates poorly with them, not because he's trying to be a jerk. It's just how he communicates. Some people communicate very effectively and that's okay for them to communicate with most people that way. If you're somebody that doesn't, and I have another person in my life that, you know, I care about that he communicates in a similar pattern and and would want people to communicate with him on his level. Well, I don't think that's right. I think if you're somebody that wants to move people to action, you want to make your relationships better or more positive, which I I don't have anybody that wants to have a relationship, meaning a friendship, uh, a working relationship or a personal intimate relationship with somebody that gets worse. If you want it to get better, you need to be figuring out how you can better communicate for that person the way they want to hear it. Does that make sense? Did I go off the rails there? No, it makes sense. I think, you know, we've talked in other episodes about patterns of behaviors and modeling behaviors. Like for my experience, I was the middle kid, right? Nobody ever paid attention to me, right? And mom and dad were horrible communicators. And when they did communicate, they would never do it in front of us. Right. So think about that. There's no way for a kid to learn how to communicate. Then you throw trauma and stuff in there. And then next thing you know, you know, maybe one of the reasons why I got into the field of military and law enforcement is because it's a very specific, direct, 
you know, level of communication, right? It's easy for me to investigate a crime and just ask for the facts, right? And that's kind of the way I am. It's just like, you know, I don't need to know all the fluff and stuff. I just want what is, what are we interacting with? And, and that's just the way my brain has been wired or it's been trained to do it. You know, I had no idea that texting somebody with an emoji was anything until what, maybe a year ago, you know, yeah, probably Trisha or myself. Yeah, or I like, what is this emoji stuff? What, 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 you know, but think about it. It shows emotion. When we were just talking about physicality, if you're talking to me and even if my voice is raised, but I'm smiling, there's no threat, right? right? You feel comfortable. Nick's in a good mood. If I text you with nothing, you could take that in any one number of ways. If I text it with a laughing face and a smiley face, okay, you're not in a a-hole mood. You're in a funny, joking kind of mood. It adds physicality without there being able to be physicality to the best of that ability. I want to back up though. This is going to be gold. I really think this next little nugget here for you folks that are listening, please tune in on this one. One of the things that Dan and I have talked about on a previous episode was the reticulator activating system, the RAS. Well, kind of what you think about, you bring about, right? So, uh, you know, there's no way I'm going to get to work on time because there's a traffic jam. Well, you immediately shut down your thinking process and you're just stuck. You're not going to make it to work on time. That's the negative pegged grass. I'll never have enough money to move out of this house into a nicer house. Well, now you're not going to be thinking about better ways to make money or start a business. You literally shut down the thinking of your brain. You go from finding ways to get it done to no ways to get it done. I'm, I'm that person that's wired for the, let's find a way, you know, I used to drive Sarah nuts with that. Well, we can't do this and this. I'm like, why can't we do both? And she would like start to vibrate and I'd be like, well, hold on, slow down. Let's talk about it. And usually we found a way to make both things happen. So Dan and I were talking the other day and there's been many times over the last five years where I definitely would get frustrated because, and I know Dan had frustrated other people because he'd be like, well, this is easy. We just, we just do it. We'll just get it done. Um, in Dan's mind, whatever it was that was easy, he made up his mind it was easy. From that point on, that's his belief structure. This is easy. So then when other people around him are either going against the grain on that, saying it's not that easy, or there's more to it, or are not operating at his speed that he thinks this should happen, anger, frustration, Resentment, whatever the emotion is, right? He starts to get these emotions and then there's conflict, right? Reality versus expectation. If you're anywhere in between, there's conflict. My good friend, Jamie's always said that. I love it. So Dan has his expectation and the reality is whatever he thinks is easy is not so easy. And we're in the middle. Me and everybody else is in the middle of where Dan's head at and his expectations are at. There's going to be conflict with us and Dan. So the other day this got brought up and it was about something specific. And I said, okay, according to whom is that so easy? Well, I saw it. It's over here. This, this, this We'll use a website, for example. This website's got it. And I said, okay, do you have any idea how long it took that company to develop that website, the amount of hours and revisions that went into it, or the amount of people that worked on it? And there was like this pause. Well, no. Well, then how do you know it's easy? And it was like, oh. Uh, I don't really know that it was easy. It just seems like it should be easy, right? Would you agree with that, Dan? Well, it's 2024. I would think technology would be faster. 
Yet we can, we literally just got high speed internet where I live like three minutes off of I-20 in Georgia. The point being is that when the assumption might not necessarily be out to lunch, I'm not saying your assumptions are crazy or stupid, but again, they are assumptions unless we know the facts, right? Um, And we've had several situations where I'm going with this is not to beat Dan up, but if you're somebody that does that, where you go to that shutting your thinking brain off. I come at things and I go, okay, how are we going to do this? I want to find a way to do it, but what's it going to take and how do we get there to get it done? What are all the parts? Well, if, you know, you're, if I'm not a construction guy, right? So I'm not the guy that can build a house. I'm just not, I don't like it. Overwhelms me. Somebody might go, well, geez, it's not that difficult. I got the housing package. I just want to get it built. I mean, you get a bunch of guys out here. You should be able to build it. Bring in somebody that's a builder. And then they go, well, Nick, hold on. We're going to have to pull permits. Permits could be a three to six month operation in the town that you live in alone. You got to do revisions. You got to have a septic. Septic's got to get approved. The ground's got to perk. Then we got to lay a foundation. What kind of foundation do you want? We live in a climate where there's a lot of heat, not so much cold or vice versa. So then we got to decide on this and this. There's a lot of decisions. So you got months of just planning on what you built. So even if you have your house, this is the house I want built. Now you got permitting, you got supply issues, you got all that. In my head, I'm not thinking about all that stuff. If I'm not a builder, I've never built a house. To me in 12 months, you should be able to build a house. Piece of cake, right? If I make that assumption and now I'm getting PO'd at my general contractor because it's taking way longer. Well, the only reason why I'm mad is because I made an assumption in the first place. And maybe my general contractor didn't reel me in off the front and say, hey, because he maybe he didn't know what was in my head. Maybe I didn't articulate that to him. This is my expectation. Okay, you're going to build me a house. And now we're 16 months into building this house. I'm pissed. I'm not a happy customer. And meanwhile, the general contractor is going, man, we're building this house way faster than we normally build a house. We expedited this. We expedited that. And this, this is a thankful relationship. And we end up hating each other, right? I'm a good person incredible general contractor, completely at conflict because I was shutting down my thinking brain and saying, this is easy. I assume it's easy. So communication goes a lot deeper than just um, how we hear information, like the auditory, the visual, the kinesthetic, the feels, that's very important, but you also got to add this other layer on it. Am I taking the time to think about things in that way. I don't know. Does that make sense? Or did I go again off the rails? No, no, it's, it makes sense because the, the reality is the brain, if you have open loops, in other words, if, if it doesn't make sense to me that we don't have this operating system, that's an open loop. So my brain is going to go on what's called a transderivational search. I'm going to look for information in my brain. And the only thing I can look for is what's inputted, Right. So I'm basically using everything that I've consumed information wise. So maybe why I thought things would be easy is because I've seen this platform, this platform and this platform. And that's what I'm drawing from. And that's what I'm making sense of and closing the loop. Now, that doesn't mean if we're trying to build our own, that's really not going to apply. And I think that's kind of like where we are, um, you know. Yeah. And I, I think that that that's really what we're driving home to here is that the, you're, you're the person that, that is, let's just use us as an example. You're having the conflict issue. Like you're, you're either creating conflict with the communication pattern 
or you're feeling it because things aren't happening as fast as you want them to. General, I'm generalizing right now, but is, is, follow me so far. Is that fair to say? Sure. Okay. So it's your responsibility or mine, whoever the person is, right? To say, okay, this is what I'm picturing and what I'd like done. What is it? What does it really take to get us there? What are the things that you see? And maybe you ask more than one person, not just the general contractor. Maybe the general contractor, if it's a contractor building your website or your house, it's not just them. Maybe it's your business partner. Maybe it's your spouse. Hey, this seems easy in my head. Am I wrong? This is what I'd like the outcome to be. And this is what I think it takes. Is there more there? You know, you and I talked a little bit on commercial real estate. I was like, you know what a triple net lease is? What'd you say to me? I have no idea. No idea. Anybody that's done a lease, a commercial lease knows that that's not like, oh, hey, I want to sign a lease and it's done in a week later. There's all kinds of garbage that can go. It could take six months just to get a lease signed to start a business with a commercial lease. And then you got outfitting. So there's a operational business piece. And then there's, and again, this can go right to the marriage, right? Right at home. Well, my assumption is this is like, say you're a new couple that gets married. My assumption is a a spouse, you know, my wife is going to do these things and my husband's going to do these things. Have you discussed them? Have you discussed what you see? How, how much work goes into that? You know, I, I don't know, maybe I'm going a little wonky there, but the reality is that communication piece when you can get dialed in. And that's why what I'm really getting at here is there's, you can have two people that really care about each other and, and they're really good people, but have a really hard time communicating. Husband and wife, I'm, I'm mostly focusing on right now what I'm talking about. Sarah and I communicate great. I've had several relationships where I was like, is there something wrong with me? I've always been told I was a pretty good communicator. And those couple of relationships between my divorce and Sarah, that was like eight, nine years in there. A couple of really long-term relationships I had, it was a train wreck trying to communicate. I don't think they were bad people, the girls that I was dating, but there was definitely some major issues in communication um, and language patterns and things that I now know and emotional issues with them. But it, it, the more you clean out the emotions and the stuff that we work on with the anxiety, trauma related stuff, you know, those kind of things, the anger, shame, guilt, the freer you are, you're a lot, you seem to me now, Dan, a lot more free to explore what's going on or something gets said. We can talk about it and you don't turn into Rosie O'Donnell needing a Snickers. (laughs) Well, I don't get as defensive as I used to, you know, um, that that would always be kind of my go-to would be to defend myself because my whole life I had to guess what, defend myself. So that's just that a pattern that's developed over time. And um, the reality is the, well, the moral of this whole conversation is if you're in communication with somebody, it's your responsibility to do the communicating effectively. Right. So if you don't have the ability to do that, it's time for you to open and expand your skills. Maybe what we do is we'll create a training program on communication. That's actually a good idea. They say that's one of the best ways to, uh, to learn how to do something. You model what, what is successful and then you train it, teach it. So I, I think that would be fun to do where we do some online videos with folks too, where we can demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it, it's funny, like it comes easy to me. It always has come pretty easy to me. Other things don't like organization, not my jam, right? It, if you wanted to hire me to be your organized, organized person, uh, I'd probably get fired in a few months. I could stick it out for just so long. And you know, that, that is where you, you want to find people that are strong in areas that you're weak, that you can trust and have them guide you. 
you know, and, and I think that that's what makes your circle that much better. Um, cause we're all a work in progress. We're all learning. I think the hope piece that I want to share is that whether it's your, somebody you work with very closely, a business partner, a spouse, a significant other, or your children, if you're having a lot of conflict right now, especially around <clears throat> the communication aspect, right? You're probably a lot closer to having a really great relationship than what you realize or you even believe is possible. I mean that wholeheartedly. We, we do a year-long coaching program where we can work on that with folks. Um, and that's not a sales pitch. I'm just letting you know that's something that we bring the skills from, from ripping out the emotions. This is where we, we talk about therapy. The, the therapists do a lot of the heavy lifting and the cognitive behavioral therapy. But when you have somebody that's gone through our processes that then goes in and does some therapy to communicate better with their spouse, for instance, the therapy sessions are amazing because people aren't crying. They're not all over the place in their emotions. They're not getting triggered from past traumas. They're able to sit back and go, wow, okay, my wife just told me that I'm a bull in a china shop and I never listened to her. Normally, I would have been super defensive. But in, in this session today, I was able to go, well, how specifically do I not listen to you? Well, you're always trying to fix everything. You won't just listen to me. Ah, that's a very common guy mistake, right? We want to protect our, our spouse or our significant other or we want to help. Sometimes they don't want our help. They just want to know that we can understand how they feel. Or, or we can relate to them, right? We can reflect their feeling and we just shut up and listen. And, and I'm not, shouldn't paint men or women in any one of those pictures, but the reality is the more you, you can learn those skills, rip out the old emotions, the old baggage, the stuff from childhood, the easier it is to start having a very healthy communication with the people you love most. So if you're somebody that, especially right now, just coming through the holiday season, there's more than one person that's going to hear this go, yeah, oh yeah, we had the Thanksgiving blow up. We had the Christmas blow up. Somebody got drunk, exploded. Well, they're probably getting drunk because they're feeling lonely because they lost somebody or they, they've got their own trauma and being around family triggers it or whatever it may be. All is not lost. It, you're actually a lot closer to the solution than what you might, might believe or feel. So the moral of the story is take ownership of your communication style. Learn yep. how to communicate more effectively. Learn how your partner communicates and accommodate their communication methods. And when all else fails, ask questions. Yep. Ask questions in a way that is, uh, is going to be inclusive of the two people that are having the conversation. We're going to bring more to you guys this year on this. We think it's a very important topic and we love seeing uh, relationships um, flourish and do better. So, we appreciate you and we look forward to the next episode. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed stories of the mental margarita and hearing how others got to feel the heal. If you want to know more or work with us, you can head over to our website, anxietyguys.com. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us however you're listening to the podcast. And leave us a review. That helps more people in need find the healing they deserve. We'll talk to you again in the next episode. Until next time, thank you for being a part of our tribe and joining the emotional revolution.